0: Hear what they've done to get there and where they want to go now. Settle back. It's time for a
1: bit of inspiration and advice. Come listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. All right, so let's talk some author stuff. And we have a good topic coming up about people returning books to Amazon. But yeah. before we get to that, you said you've written about 20 books. So what are you doing now in your writing that's different than when you first started?
0: Oh. hope. I think I'm better at giving a little more depth and backstory coming from a world of writing nonfiction. And I've written for newspapers and things like that. So you're pretty much to the point, who, what, when, where, why. And you get the story done, you get the story out, same way with magazine articles. And so I think that was reflected in some of my early fiction works. I was pretty much to the point and people are like, but why? And so now I will stop and say, the blue dress, the blonde girl, uh, and do a little more description, depth of character where before it was like, she just said this, you just make it up as you go. I don't care what dress she's got. So I think, and I hope that I've gotten better at doing that. I've really worked hard to try to get better at doing that.
1: Okay, great. For your writing, what software and services do you
0: use? Right now, I just use pages that came with the Mac or Word that's on my HP and pretty much that's it. And then I just back up on an external hard drive. That's it. I'm pretty easy, pretty simple.
1: Okay. So let me ask this. You use Pages on Mac and Word on... Do you, If you start a manuscript in Word on your HP laptop, it, it, do you continue to write it only there or do you transfer it somehow between the two?
0: I have transferred, done it in like written rich text format and transferred between the two. But if I started on one, I tend to keep it on that one because keep it simple. Okay. <laughs> it's just easy. And then if I go somewhere, I write on a iPad. Honestly, I am an old school girl. 90% of the time I have a spiral bound notebook and my notes will go in it. I have it separated and file foldered, indexed, so to speak. And I have I love back to school season. I have have a myriad of notebooks that each one of my books is in. And so I started writing when my kids were in school. And if I was waiting for them at band practice or at a sports practice or in the, the mob car line, if there were days that I did that, I would be sitting there writing in the notebook. And I still do that.
1: Nice. Okay. So you go all the way from analog up to digital.
0: Yes. Hey, when I was a kid in high school, this is how they taught me to type, okay? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was one of the first things when I started doing it. And I sent my manuscript to the my editor. She said, why do you have two spaces after your sentence? That's what I was taught. No, not that, anymore. That
0: is a hard habit to break. Yeah. I've even had to go back through and do a find and search and take that space out, make sure there's no extra spaces in there.
1: Yeah, difficult but the good thing is I learned typing and and I can still type fairly well and just and I've actually tried dictation and I just can't get my thoughts and keep the story going by talking it but if I'm sitting here I can just keep typing and typing and pretty much keep up with my thinking
0: yes I've tried I have a recorder and I used to use it going back and forth to work the thought would hit my head and then I would like, I think the worst thing is, it's like this, I would listen to myself and went to it's And it's difficult to listen to myself because you see all the mistakes you make, all the ums and the hums and et cetera. And you really work to try not to do that, but it's difficult not to do that. Yeah. And I'm with you and, or I would just hear road noise and it would block out any other things that I would say. Back to a notebook. And I only did it at red lights, honestly, officer.
1: Uh, No, I had a trouble with the dictation, partly because it'd be like, quote, and then what I said was, comma, quote, next line, that type of thing. It really broke the flow. And I don't know why I didn't think about this. I heard somebody on a podcast say, I don't even bother with that. I just speak and keep talking like I'm telling the story. And I worry, put all that in later. And I'm like, duh, why didn't I think of that?
0: Yeah, I would do that too.
1: And what you said about the ums and things like that, I use a software called Descript, which will take out those type of words. And it it gets rough sometimes when you're doing audio or video, but if you're just using it for the text, it takes out those words. And then you got a more clean script to work from to add everything else in. So there's a thought I haven't even tried that yet, but yeah. So I need to, I don't drive as much as I used to. So, I need to go out and take walks to, to get into the flow of talking.
0: <laughs> yes, that's what I do. I, I walk every day and and it sounds impressive. It's not that impressive. I don't walk that far, but we do have a new puppy, which is a border collie, which requires frequent walking. So it's made me get up and walk more, not just in the morning, but at night and doing that. And if I'm alone walking her, I'm okay. I can use a recorder. If my husband or someone joins me, I'm like I feel like an idiot talking about a story with a walking partner. So that kind of eliminates that. But walking does clear your head and give you some thoughts. Of course, I have almost ten acres to mow, so when I do grass, is when I get my best thoughts.
1: Yeah, I, I, we've only got four and a half acres, but I'm mowing. I got all the noise, and I'm thinking of things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to stop and write this down, or I'll forget it. I'm yeah. done mowing. <laughs> we, I, we had a border collie lovely dogs. She was great. She loved belly yeah. rubs. Was the first yeah. thing she'd always just roll over.
0: It's the first one we've had. We've always had rescues and we've always had pound puppies. And this one was a friend of my daughter's had a litter. And it's a dog that I've always been in love with and wanted. And when I grew up, a neighbor raised them and I fell in love with them. So when I had an opportunity to grab this little girl, then we got her. Oh, nice. And we had the little, he was We don't know. Mom was a Jack Russell. Dad was a hit and run. And we had him for 15 years. So it took us about four years to be able to bring another fur ball into our lives.
1: Yeah, yeah. We lost our border collie last year. And our boxer is getting up there, too. So I'm fearing that day. You know how that goes.
0: (laughs) Oh, I do. I do. They become such a part of your family. And it's difficult.
1: Yeah. Jack Russell is probably my favorite dog, though. Uh, I just love those dogs. Uh, oh. He was a character. So. Josie, how are you marketing your books?
0: Lately, I haven't been doing a whole lot. The best marketing I've done is probably through Mickey at Creative Edge. I hired him as to publicity and media and marketing. And he's gotten me a lot of opportunities I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. I've tried Facebook ads and different things. Probably my best promotion is my newsletter because people sign up for it. They absolutely want to hear from you. I can do my sales in it. I can do chapters and new reads and upcoming works because quite often, even on Facebook, Twitter, any of those, you can get clamped down if you're not a bigger name or I've had authors who said nothing of relevance and have been suspended for a time. So my newsletter is the one way I think is my best
1: marketing tool. Okay, great. So you brought up a good discussion topic, people returning books, and there's several different aspects of this that affect authors. So why did that come to your mind as something to talk about? Has it happened to you?
0: It hasn't happened to me. It's happened to some friends who are much bigger selling authors than I am. And I also write for Reader's Entertainment, which is a blog that focuses on books and book news, publishing news, things like that. So it came up as a topic in an article that I'm working on. And by asking some author friends about this, it can get some very heated reaction. And apparently it began from what I've gathered and researched so far on TikTok and some younger, I don't know if it was younger people, they're making a blanket statement. People on TikTok had said, hey, what? You can go buy this book, read it, and send it back. And Amazon will give you your money back so you can read a book for free. And what happened was anybody that gets a book, and we've all done it, even me as a voracious reader, you get three pages in and go, this isn't quite what I thought it was. That's okay. Somebody should be entitled to send it back. But if you've read the entire book and one author literally has a series of twelve books. Somewhat, people have read all twelve of her books and sent all twelve of them back. If you're reading twelve books, you apparently like the book, yeah, and like the series.
1: And I don't <laughs> understand the attitude because if you like the author, you like the book, but they're not making money. They're going to stop writing, and people mm-hmm. then complain that you're not writing anymore. You should be writing more. Yet the same people that are sending these books back if you said hey i want you to spend 30 or 40 hours doing work for me for free they'd be like are you crazy it's
0: i laugh my husband has his own shop he's a, an ASC master mechanic and works on big trucks and farm equipment and road equipment and i often laugh and look at people and say can you see somebody telling my husband well, my truck runs good for 6 months i'll come back and pay you <laughs> go to the grocery store if I like these bagels, I'll come back in a week and pay you for them. But they seem, and it's not just authors. There was the music industry and the movies, anybody I think that's creative photographers, artists, they all face a similar dilemma. For some reason, people think we should give our creative work away for free. Yeah. And authors and actors and musicians, they give away a lot. We've all donated books for charity and books for fundraisers and books to libraries. So we are already giving away quite a bit of work for free for the greater good or whatever, or to help someone in need. And I think this got me because it's become viral. Millions and millions of books are being sent back. And Amazon, as one of the biggest booksellers is really not addressing the issue. They are, instead of clarifying that says you have 30 days to send this book back or I know that their computer geeks and their logarithms know if Jane over here gets a 12 book series and sends all 12 backs that there's something wrong with that
1: I think that I uh, also just to mention this was a big problem with the audiobooks on audible for quite a while people were doing it so same thing but personally I think there should be some limits placed on it. If you get a book physical and you've had it X amount of time, two weeks or something, then no, you're not getting your money back. That that gets rid of that 30-day return policy. And, right. I, and I know there are some other issues dealing with it, but if someone gets a, a book and reads it in two days, and then wants their money back, <laughs> I, there's a problem with that but I understand maybe they really didn't like it. Okay, fine. You get your money back. But then if you get book two and book three, no, you're not getting your money back anymore because obviously you're scamming it now. Or you can only return two books in a 30-day period or some sort of limits to help with that, to try and balance it out. That's my thoughts.
0: And the thing is, too, a couple of the authors that I have interviewed have said they've had so many books returned because there's an open end on that. You could have bought the book five years ago and still return it. But they're actually having to pay Amazon. Yeah. And I don't think people realize that. If you like an author and you're, you're reading 12 of his or her books, you obviously like that author. So why wouldn't you support them? And here's the thing from my librarian self. There are many services that libraries have like OverDrive which you can not only get it in digital format, audio format, and print format, and the author will still get paid. So you can go to the library, talk to the library and say, hey, I want Jane's book on Uber Mysteries, and they will order that book for you. You can get it in multi, you don't even actually have to go to the library. You can sit here, do it on your computer, and download the digital copy. And when you do that, the author still gets paid And you're getting a book for free. So win-win.
1: Right. Now you don't don't get to keep it. You get to read it. If you're sending it back anyway, what's the matter?
0: Right. Right. And the library will delete it from your digital device at the end of 14 days or whatever period that particular library system has set up. And you can, hey, if you didn't get, and I've done it. I forgot about it or didn't get an opportunity to read it. Went back and checked it back out. Which multiple checkouts help libraries get more funding. So there you go. We're just just keep winning
1: here (laughs) and and the digital books it's even easier to tell how much of it they've read if they have if they've been on a page if every page is read and they've been on every page for about a minute then they've really read it they're not just flipping it and yeah no you used it you're done if I buy a pair of underwear and I wear it for a week I'm not taking it back to the store it's already creased and folded
0: (laughs) and and there's so many obstacles against authors any creative people like i said musicians actors photographers artists uh, there's so many strikes against them to make a living doing that this just adds to the fire and it's it makes me very angry not just for me i'm working at other stuff and have other income but there's you want to make an income from what you love to do and where your passion is oh, and i my first thing is all of these people that are sending stuff back. How would you like it if I just came in and took pieces out of your paycheck?
1: Exactly. And, and I know a friend of mine was just lamenting the fact that he'll buy a used book on Amazon. Now, obviously, if I have ten books up and people have bought a lot of them and they're reselling them used, I'm not getting any of that. Which no. there are some things that are going to be changing. <laughs> That's a that whole. whole different story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah
0: honestly. I- my books i found on ebay and they want four hundred and sixty dollars for it and i'm like wow
1: yeah. wow which
0: i, I laughed so hard on that one i'm like really yeah i just want to put in the comments y'all can go over here to amazon and get it for 299
1: right but his thing was that he's been getting books that they say they're like new or new condition and all that. And he gets it and he says that they're bet and creased and dog-eared and pieces, chunks and missing pages. And they're just like, they've been run through the ringer. He's like, they're nowhere near new. And I think that could hurt some. Now I know a lot of independent authors don't have people buying and then reselling it. And they have 800 used books for sale under their titles. Um, But when, if someone reads a book and then sends it back, Amazon isn't going to sell it for new again, and if they do sell it used, the author's not getting any of that. So the authors yeah. lost all the money from it, and Amazon's still reselling it, or somebody is for right. a used. Right, an
0: Amazon seller, yeah, fulfilled by Amazon yeah. type thing, or on eBay or Spotify, different things like that. That Spotify, or whatever that is, <laughs> Shopify. <laughs> so they sell them on many different venues, and the authors out again. And like I said, they do it with, even with music. What's his name that wrote? Happy said something that he lost like $17 million because people shared it and he didn't get paid for any of them. Wow. And that's a lot of money to lose. For me, I might lose $17, but that's not like 17 million. And I mean, the number I'm quoting is not an accurate number, but in the millions.
1: Wow. Wow. And there are ways for Amazon to check this. We've heard a lot of stories of an author messing up somewhere or accidentally through some thing that's not even their fault, get banned or blocked or whatever by Amazon. The Amazon's like, I don't want to talk to you about it. But right. you get these readers that will get a book and they haven't paid for a book for months. They read 30 books a month and they haven't paid anything for any of them.
0: And the thing is, there won't be 30 books to read soon because authors have to earn a living. So right. if you keep Turning them, you're going to be completely out of books or out of music, out of movies, out of all those entertainment things that you enjoy, because people are going to have to go find a job somewhere else to earn a living.
1: And you said they pointed toward the younger crowd, because the younger crowd is more on TikTok doing the videos than that. Yeah. And yes, they're wrong for doing it, but look at what they've grown up with. Hey, I want to watch any movie that's ever been made since 1940. Click a button, there it is. Hey, I got it. It didn't cost me anything. Hey, I want to listen to any song, any album I want. Boom, boom. Hey, there it is. I can listen to it. So for them to say, I paid three whole dollars for this book that I read one time, they're not programmed that way. And it's wrong. They should have been taught, but you, I can at least understand why they think it's okay. I can.
0: I very much can. I'm the mother of millennials and they take a beating and my kids, Mine are all firefighter first responders. I've been in the military. So you I don't want to make a blanket statement on any generation. Right. But yeah, the kids today, they're just used to instant gratification. I was laughing about that the other day. You can, if you don't live out in the boonies like me, you can literally within two hours get an order from Amazon. And growing up, if it said seven to 10 days and we got it on day seven, I was doing a happy dance.
1: Exactly. So, yeah. Four to six so, weeks yeah. was common. You know, because yeah. Yeah, you have to send in a check in an envelope you know, two months yeah. later. So, if you order something at the end of the school year, you're probably not getting it till the beginning of the next school year. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely not. Unless you went to the post office and got a money order, because that was like cash and yeah. helped someone open the envelope. Uh, it is. They've raised in this world of instant gratification, instant click can get whatever they want. And it's a wonderful thing. I love the technology myself. Obviously, where I'm using it right now. But I don't think sometimes some of the younger people have a concept of people who create these things, be it the computer, the books, the music, they need to earn a living. I will a lot s- of younger kids, they want to be this influencer online. And I'm like, man, that's amazing to make a living being an influencer. I'm in fact jealous. And yeah. I've seen some of these people they can do two or three streams of income, know exactly what they're doing. And I'm going, would you come here and teach that to me? But I, as they still get paid for their time of creating content, they're content creators. Uh, And I don't think they realize that when they take that content from somebody else, that they're not getting paid.
1: And again, not making a blanket statement, not pointing just at the younger crowd millennials, but quite often I've seen people that have no problem pirating movies, or copying music, or any of these type of things, but then their neighbor asks them, hey, can you come do this? Well, yeah, that'll be 20 bucks. It, you have that mindset of everything I do should be paid for, but someone else I should just get for free. There's some entitlement to that also, and I don't know where that mindset comes from, because I'm not um, like... So
0: most of it comes from parents, because even when my children were younger, there were many parents around them that wouldn't tell, allow them to work while they were in high school and things that are building blocks to becoming a self-sufficient adult and to understanding finance and things like that, that come from working that, that little job part-time in high school. I think it teaches you quite a bit. And a lot of them were like, I had to work and I don't want my kids to have to work. And I understand that too. We've all had those moments where you want to make the world better for your kids than it was for you. And I think sometimes it's hard to draw the line as to where it's it better and where you're letting it take control.
1: Yes, define better, because better yeah. isn't making them feel like they should just be handed everything that they need right. to be Because I know my son, when he was younger, we went to some good music concerts and he loved them and had a great time. And then he got a little older, out of school, had a first job, pays a little bit. And I took him to a a concert or two in that. Then one came up and the tickets were more expensive, like 75 bucks. And he's like, oh, can we go? I'm like, yeah, sure. He's like, oh, let's get tickets, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, they're 75 apiece. He's like, okay. And I'm like, you owe me 75 bucks. He's like, oh, I'm not paying 75 bucks for that concert. (laughs) That's funny how that changes, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is,
1: it is. And with people returning books and stuff, it's an argument for putting your stuff in Kindle Unlimited or Scribd or Scribd or whatever that is. These services that people get it and read it and you get so many pennies or overdrive and stuff. That's a good argument for putting it in that stuff. I know some people Mm -hmm. say, oh, I would never put it in Kindle Unlimited because they don't allow me to put it anywhere else. What good is it putting it somewhere else if you're not making any money.
0: I've had it on Apple Books and Kobo and different things like that. And I've never sold any of them except via Amazon, a few on Barnes and Nobles, but nothing in comparison. The only thing I can say with that, and I have three of my books in Kindle Unlimited, is if you're like me, you have a to be read pile, And so people get Kindle Unlimited and they stack up 10 books and yours doesn't get read right away. You don't get paid. They bought it, but until they open it and they go through those pages, you don't get paid. And so as it has its advantages and disadvantages like anything. And I have a couple on there since they are exclusive to Amazon, but the pay rate on those is, is not real great either.
1: Right. Yeah. You yeah. got to get a lot of page reads. And I know- <laughs>
0: Me realize why way back in the old days Leonardo da Vinci and all of them had patrons. I need a patron.
1: <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's exactly a, a friend and I talk about Patreon. That's exactly what that was really designed for. The paying the,
0: the, <laughs> the and the... several authors, a lot of authors actually have gone to Patreon. There is a thing on Amazon called Vela, which is a series they yes. you do a serial. Book series, but in doing that, it's very expensive to the reader. It's like a ninety nine a ninety nine per chapter, yeah. And the author really doesn't get my like seventy nine cents or something out of it. So many authors have taken to Amazon and say, "Hey, you pay me five dollars a month, and I will get you six or seven chapters versus a dollar ninety nine per chapter through Amazon."
1: And I I've toyed except- a little bit with Vella myself, but don't think I'm going to stay with it too much. I'm going to pull my stuff because I write middle grade. Okay. No parents are sending their kids to Vela and teachers and parents aren't using Vela. Yeah. I have other avenues, my own website newsletter, like you said, that's a better way of getting that stuff out. Yes. So I was playing with it, but I don't think I'm going to stay with it.
0: Yeah. I've looked at it, talked to some other authors who have done it. And most of them I think are pulling out of it. There's, a, there's several that have done well but they're also bigger names. And they write, I think, science fiction. I think science fiction is one that does well as a series. And not that it's a single chapter, but it is chunks of the book as it goes. But I would venture to say 60 to 70% of authors I know are going to Patreon and telling their authors, you can get extra content, we can do a serial book, and it will cost you a third of the price that it will on Amazon. And I get more money as the author. So because of, except for a nominal fee to have the platform carry you on Patreon, you get all of that money yourself. So that enables you, I said, the more money that you make, and it's not like I'm Stephen King and I'm going to make millions, but if you're in that fifty dollars to $100,000 range of income, then you have the time to put out more material and, right. and make happy
1: readers. All right. There we go. People returning books. We don't agree with it. End of story. No.
0: I can't say I I don't agree. It's great. I've gotten a book I've returned to because I didn't like it. It wasn't what I bargained for. But I didn't read the whole book, nor did I buy 12 books in the series and read them all before I decided to return them. So uh,
1: There's definitely a line. And honestly, I've gotten some books that I didn't like. But for me, a lot of times, I bought that three years ago, and now I don't like it. So I end up passing them on to someone else, a present.
0: I've I've donated them to the library. I've donated them to... We have a senior citizen center. I donated books there. So they, they're still getting usage they're going on, but it's not something that, and I honestly have not returned much and it, it had to really be something shockingly different from what I thought it was for me to return it.
1: I even bought a duplicate a couple of times just because it was something I was <laughs> I, like, oh, that's out. Let me grab it. Forgot yeah. I got it because I hadn't read it yet. And later I'm like, oh, that's on sale. I needed that book. Grab it again. I'm like, oh, look, I got two.
0: <laughs> and I think too, to go on that point, most authors, especially indie authors, if you're with the publisher, your books are going to be priced higher because you have so many other people that are taking a chunk of that money. But if you're an indie author, most, I would venture to say 90% of indie authors, their books are between two ninety nine dollars and $4.99. And that's less than a gallon of gas or a Starbucks coffee. So I'm not sure why you're arguing over getting it for free when you're getting it for in comparison to other things, pennies.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've you do a price comparison. Video games are a pretty good deal because even though they're 60 bucks, a lot of them are like 30 hours of play and replayability <laughs> that type of thing. So yeah. they're a pretty good deal. A movie, if you go to the theater, 15 bucks or so plus and you get 2 hours yeah. So good In
0: heavens, you take kids or a date and you get popcorn. You're talking some money there. I laugh. I said, the poor kids today that go on a date, they have to go Dutch because by the time you take a girl out for a burger and fries and a movie, that's some chunk of change there.
1: A $50 a night minimum. So, <laughs> all right. Before we go, I appreciate talking to you. It's been a really good discussion. Hopefully some other people will have some thoughts too. What would you give? What would be your advice to new authors?
0: Right. period. That's it. Write and write. Don't sit there and tell me I don't have time. You can write at 11, between eleven and eleven thirty, when you're sitting in bed. You can write in the car, waiting on your kids. You can write on your lunch hour. You can write on the back. I've written on the back porch while I was snapping green beans. And the more you write, the better you do. Nobody's unless you're graced by the universe. Nobody comes into writing doing it all that well. It takes some time. If you read some of even Stephen King's early works compared to later works, you can see the progression of his language skills and his depth of character skills. And the more you write, the better you get. And I have many authors who have told me, and they do, they write to market because this is hot, that's hot, the other is hot. No, not because what's hot now is not going to be hot in six months. The story you need to write.
1: Got it. Great. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Josie, I'm glad we uh, were able to keep connected, get through the interview. It all went good. So, uh, I will let you know when it goes live and I appreciate chatting with you.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks for your patience with this. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, thanks. Great. I'll talk to you later. Have a good day.
0: All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to
0: Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe, sometime in the near future, it might be you.